What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire offseason. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Tonight on the show, we will talk about Dalton Schultz because we got thrown a curveball this morning during the Cowboys offseason when Dalton Schultz was reported to let the Cowboys know that he was going to miss the third week of OTAs. So the opening question of the show for you guys over at Facebook and or YouTube is, is Dalton Schultz missing the third week of OTAs a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Let me know what you think about this whole thing in the YouTube chat, in the Facebook chat. Thank you for tuning in. It was a, it had been a pretty smooth storyline for the Cowboys and Dalton Schultz so far. No drama, even though a franchise tag was involved. You know, the Cowboys assigned Dalton Schultz the franchise tag. No problem there. Everything was good. The Cowboys reported to OTAs. And Schultz was among those that reported to practice. No problem there. He was asked about it by the press and he deflected it. He was a, a politician about it. He said, oh, I will let my agents handle that while I focus on playing ball. So everything was A-OK -okay on that front. It was a smooth negotiation process up, up, up until today when Dalton Schultz let the Cowboys know that he was not going to attend the rest of voluntary OTAs. Some teams around the league have already kicked off mandatory minicamp, not the Cowboys, not yet. They have until next week to start that. So stay tuned because we'll talk more about this in a few moments here. Let's see some of your answers. Tommy goes with no deal. Bruce says meh. Chuck goes with no deal. Let's see. Let's see some of your answers here. Gilbert says it's a small deal. Samuel goes with no deal. They won't pay him. Big deal for Gregory. When you look at the whole picture, says Gregory. So, as you can see, definitely some difference in opinions here. Francisco says, I think it's B. He signed for $10.9 for one year. He's full of BS. Some people not happy with Dalton Schultz on this decision-making. I would invite you to not take it against him. He is doing what's best for him. Because let's talk about it. I'm going to give you my take on this whole thing. I think it's a no deal. I think it's pretty much a, it's a story. It definitely is a story, especially because it's a change of pace from what we have been seeing from both parties in this whole process. He reported to OTAs and we guessed that there was not going to be any problem involved, even more so because Dalton Schultz signed the franchise tag right away. He didn't go through this whole dance in which he says, oh, I'm not going to sign it, only to end up signing it anyways before the deadline. So it's not that it's, it's a surprise, but also I think it doesn't really change anything. And if you take a look at it from each of the perspectives, you take a look at, at it from the from Dalton Schultz perspective, and it, it makes sense. He's letting the team know he's not happy with it. 
is bringing some attention to his negotiations. Now the media is talking about it. Everyone in Cowboys Nation is talking about it. And he will also be able to show the Cowboys that he is the guy at tight end. And it's funny, it's funny to me that even though I like the Jake Ferguson pick, I thought that it was a very smart pick, especially considering where he was drafted at what point of the NFL draft. It's not like Jake Ferguson is ready to start for Dallas, which seems to be the opinion of many, of many around social media. And to that, I would say, hold a minute because he is not there yet. And especially for a tight end. And Jake Ferguson himself talked about this over at DallasCowboys.com. He said there is a lot going on in the Cowboys offense for a tight end. And we know this. There's a lot of reads that he needs to make. There's a lot of blocking assignments that he needs to take care of. There's a lot of things to learn on the Cowboys offense if you are a tight end. So hoping, because expecting is a word that we cannot use on this conversation. If you are hoping that Jake Ferguson is ready to go in day one of the regular season, then that's it. That's hope. That's not really a realistic expectation, in my opinion. And once again, I like the Jake Ferguson pick. He's just not ready. And he's not on Dalton Schultz level, to be more specific. A guy that has had a season with over 600 yards and a season with over 800 yards last year. He got the eight touchdowns as well. He has produced within the Cowboys offense. And we talked about this last week. Maybe he's not the most attractive of tight ends around the league. He's not a vertical threat like Dallas Goddard is or like Travis Kelsey is, but he gets the job done within what the Cowboys ask out of him. And it's hard to find a player like that. Now, I also saw a comment that said something like, there's like 20 Dalton Schultz out there. And I was like, name them. <laughs> there is not that many. And that was my point last week as well. And this is not to say, by the way, that, oh, the Cowboys should sign him to a long-term deal. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that hoping that the Cowboys have different answers for 2022 beyond Dalton Schultz is nothing but blind optimism. So that's where Dalton Schultz holds some leverage. A key word being some. I don't think that he holds that much leverage because he does hold the leverage in the sense of he is the guy and you don't, you don't really have a backup tight end that's ready for the job. Sure, Jake Ferguson could be a solid backup in 2022, but even that, it's a question at this stage. How long will it take for him to develop into a pro-ready uh, pro team? So that being said, what changes? Because I'm not even sure Dalton Schultz is holding out, holding out. It might just be a formality of him just saying, you know what? I'm not happy with how slow our negotiations are. And probably this has been accelerated ever since David Njoku signed that four-year deal with the Cleveland Browns that averages about $13 million per year. So Dalton Schultz might be looking for that security at this stage. Now, the key portion out of this whole conversation is that Schultz did sign the franchise tag. 
if he had not signed it, the way that we understand it is that he could miss mandatory minicamp and not get fined because there is not a contract there that keeps him from getting from that, you know, causes him, excuse me, to get fined. But since he put the pen on that piece of paper, he can be fined. And under the new CBA, the fines cannot be reduced and they cannot be waived. So the Cowboys hold some leverage there. Because I would guess that all of us would be pretty surprised if Dalton Schultz holds out for real. Like if he misses time of training camp, for example, or even of the preseason, that would be the surprise. And it's interesting to me because the reports out there are indicating that Dalton Schultz himself has not decided on whether or not he will attend minicamp. But it feels like the sort of thing to me that if he does miss if he does miss minicamp, then isn't he committing himself to a long run holdout to make it worth it? Because otherwise, what is he winning? I'm not sure how much he needs to hold out for the Cowboys to finally cave and realize that they're not going to make it with Jake Ferguson as their starter. Thank you guys for joining the show. Let's see some of your thoughts on this very topic. Mo says Toxic Tom. So many fans think Schultz-type players are so easy to draft and forget our countless busts we drafted at tight end with the Jones. And honestly, forget about him being a bust. Like, if you draft a player in the fourth round and he it doesn't work out, well, then boo freaking who, right? It's not the biggest of deals. If you take a tight end in the first round and he doesn't play out and he doesn't work out, now that's a problem. But a guy in the fourth, this, the hit rate for players in the fourth round is reasonably low, to put it some way, right? Like, it wouldn't even be a bust if Jake Ferguson doesn't work out. And again, I like Ferguson. I think that believing that he is ready to take on Dalton Schultz's role as a rookie is so wildly optimistic. Francisco says it's hard not to take it against Dalton Schultz. It's not like he's not getting paid that $11 million for one year, man says. And I get it. I get this point of view, especially because we're not that conversation, right? We're not the pro players. It's not what we do for a living. And we just like the team and we think of it as the team, right? But if you're Dalton Schultz, Right now, you know what your market value is. And your market value is above those $11 million per year. Clear as day. Because you can, you can come to me and you can tell me that you don't think that, Dave, that Dalton Schultz has as much upside as David Njoku do, does with the Browns. But David Njoku has not come close to eight touchdowns. And he has not come close to 800 yards in a single season. Dalton Schultz can point to those numbers and say, I have that production. He's working for himself. And that's more than valid in an NFL that your career can go down at any moment and it can end at any moment. And Dalton Schultz is not entirely sure, maybe. And of course, competitively, 
his mindset will be that he will get better and better each and every time. But 2021 has the potential to be one of the best seasons in his career. So if he is going to find leverage, he's going to find it in this season. He could bet on himself. He could play the tag. And maybe he gets 550 yards in 2022, right? There is a lot of variables out there. Like, I hope this doesn't, you know, come true. I'm not trying to jinx anyone. But hey, Dak Prescott could get hurt. And that will impact Choles' production in 2021. So good for him to use the cards that he has, the cards that he's been dealt. Use him to his advantage. And again, it's easy for us on the outside to say, oh, $11 is a lot of money. But also if you work at a company and you know that you should be getting paid more, why not ask for that raise, right? So Francisco, all right, I'm just going to reply to this final and before we move on, because it's an interesting debate always to talk about contract values and all of that. Francisco says, I'm not saying he's not worth more. I'm just saying he signed a contract. He knew his worth when he signed it. But it's a man, it's sort of a mandatory contract. The player doesn't choose the franchise tag. The team has the right to assign the franchise tag. And as a player, it is pretty much your obligation to sign it if you want to remain a player in the league. That's one of the maybe most unfair aspects of the current CVA, the franchise tag. So yeah, he signed the tag. He didn't really have that much of a choice. He could have hold, held out from signing it. Instead, he wanted to be, he wanted to cooperate and he signed it ASAP. But yeah, let's see what happens. I don't think that Dalton Schultz, you know, I don't think that Dalton Schultz or the Dallas Cowboys position changes a lot after this, but definitely a noteworthy move by Dalton. And the next step becomes minicamp, mandatory minicamp. Will he, will he hold out or will he attend mandatory minicamp? Because if he doesn't, then you're on to, to a more relevant storyline, in my opinion, because if you miss those first man, that those first practices that are mandatory, the first of the year, by the way, which are, you might go down a slippery slope. Russell says he will sign a four-year deal soon. Skywalker Steel had Bobby Belt, Cowboys insider, on the morning show today. And I was interested, uh, I was surprised when he said that, you know, the feeling around the Cowboys is that they might be getting ready for a one-year affair with Dalton Schultz and might not be that all-in in committing to him. However, and even though that might be the feeling, it doesn't sound like anything that's definitive in any sort of ways because there's not a report out there reporting the Cowboys' intentions with Dalton Schultz. So we'll see what happens. Two things that I believe are more than clear, though, is Schultz will play in 2022 for the Cowboys, even if he holds out. I just think it's so difficult to find a scenario in which he doesn't end up playing for Dallas. And number two is the Cowboys don't have a plan B at tight end. And Jake Ferguson is not that plan B. So Schultz does have 
some leverage. Anyways, before we move on, let's see some more of your comments. Gregory says, it's not that Dallas doesn't want him to play for them. They just want him to play chip. Yeah, it's a business, and the Cowboys know that very well. More on that later. <laughs> Toxic Tom says, Mo, why would Sean Payton want Stephen Jones telling him what to do? LOL, the Trevon Diggs contract is going to be messy. It might be messy indeed, yeah. Man, the Cowboys have some fun. Not so fun, to be honest, but just something to keep us entertained during the offseason, I guess, coming up in the next couple of years. There is a CeeDee Lamb contract. There is the Trevon Diggs contract. Uh, sooner than later, we'll be having the Michael Parsons negotiations and then some of these offensive linemen whose contracts expire as well. They better not mess around with Diggs and Micah's next contract, says Tommy915. So, you know, my silver lining, the silver lining that I could look for and find and, and bring up to your attention is what I've been saying since the Cowboys got rid of Mark Cooper and Lyle Collins. Not that this is a re rebuild year for Dallas in 2022, but, and once again, I know that the cap is very easy to bend and, you know, do magic out of it like the Rams do. And even more so today when they made Aaron Donald the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. But the Cowboys don't operate like that. So knowing how the Cowboys operate in terms of the salary cap, you could say, you could hope that they're setting themselves for a busy 2023 offseason in which they really don't have a lot of players that they need to urgently sign, but maybe they get some of these deals done ahead of time before they need to actually pull them off in 2024. So maybe they, they're they getting ready for that 2023 offseason. I, I would hope. I would hope that. Russell says, gives us even more cap room getting under contract. That's a part that maybe sucks the most. I agree with uh, Russell there. If you signed Schultz to a long-term deal, you would open up more cap space to get better players for 2022, which was a season that we kind of believed that the Cowboys could have been a little bit more aggressive, starting by not getting worse at several positions. But anyways, we'll see what happens. Mandatory minicamp is the next step, and let's pay close attention to whether or not Dalton Schultz shows up. Weird timing, for sure. Weird timing. Just one final one final takeaway from this whole thing. Weird timing by Dalton. The fact that he showed up originally and then he's not. And another, another note. This time, I promise, this is the last one. But these are voluntary workouts. So before you go and burn Dalton Schultz on social media, and I'm talking to, you know, those who have burned Dalton Schultz so far, Keep in mind, he is negotiating millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> and he's going to miss the third week of voluntary workouts to which he has attended during the first two weeks. So, come on. 
let's not be hard on Dalton Schultz. Let him do what's best for him. But anyways, moving on to the second topic of the show, Jerry Jones was kind of proven right. Now, I know some of you guys do not care about any of this, and I fully understand it, but I was pretty interested by it. Call me a nerd. Call me a nerd. I, I, can, I will let you call me a nerd. But before you do, hit the like button and share the stream. Remember, every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans. So please go ahead and do that. It takes about two seconds. One second. But anyways, uh, the Denver Broncos are reportedly being sold to Walton, to Rob Walton for $4.5 billion. Now, that's a big number for Denver. It's the highest highest price for a sports franchise in the history of sports. They go for $4.5 billion. The previous record, if I'm not mistaken, I might be because I don't remember what the Mets sold for in baseball, but in the NFL, I think it's David Tepper buying the, the Carolina Panthers. Jerry Jones said earlier in the offseason that he could sell the Cowboys for $10 billion, and people were surprised about the number that he threw out. He let it be known that, you know, he's not actually going to do it. He's just flexing his muscles and saying, you know, if I wanted to, I could sell the Cowboys for $10 billion. What made that number noteworthy is that according to Forbes 2021 valuations, the Cowboys were worth $4.5 billion, the most valuable franchise in the world of sports. The Denver Broncos came in at number 10 on that list at $3.75 billion and yet they sold for $4.5 billion. So big difference there between those two numbers. So I don't know. The Cowboys being the number one team in these valuations, the Cowboys being America's team, having all of the marketing power that they have, I'm guessing that he was proven right after this. I'm guessing that he was. And, and you know, sports franchises continue to be one of the most profitable industries in the world. So that was the first thing that popped to my mind when I saw that the Denver Broncos were purchased by Walton. Hair to the Walmart fortune, by the way. <laughs> so I don't know if we will undertake this new endeavor as a hobby or if he will be more of a uh, uh, hands-off kind of owner for Denver. But we knew that this was coming. We knew the Broncos were going to get sold, and now they have some financial slash Cowboys new headed your way on tonight's primetime. Gregory says Dallas is worth the $10 billion. Let's start a GoFundMe. Let's see what we can put together. Russell says, what was your thoughts? They're saying he wants to play this year, bringing the X while Gallup getting healthy. Question from Russell here. Uh, you know, Des Bryant, when he was playing for the Cowboys, in, in specific 
those years between 2010 and 2014, in my opinion, has been one of, on that span, 2010, 2014, he's been one of the most dominant Cowboys players that we've seen, you know, in the quote-unquote modern days. With that, I mean in the Super Bowl drought days, <laughs> he's been one of the most dominant players, in my opinion. But I just, I just don't see him being there anymore. And it's not even, you know, a knock on him. It's just the last time that we actually saw Des Bryant was a long time ago. He he did play in 2020 for the Ravens for a while. Before that, you know, he had those that stint with the Saints. He had the Achilles injury. I don't see how Des Bryant is the same player or anything close to it. And I think that when we try to project Des Bryant into what he would look like on a lesser role, I also think there's some optimism involved. I don't think it would be that good. And Des Bryant was for a long time one of my favorite players. So it, it might pain me a little bit to say it, but I think it would be a bad move by the Cowboys to get him on board. And I've been saying this for like two to three years, and I still believe it. I believe it even more so because it's been a longer while since he's been on that playing field, right? So, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if, if some team will roll the dice on him. I would be very surprised. I think it's not even a conversation for the Cowboys. I think it's not a conversation for any other NFL team, to be honest. Tommy says, for every time Jerry was right, there's about 10 times that he was wrong. Elon Musk, please, is Toxic Tom. So Toxic Tom wants the Cowboys to be purchased by Elon Musk. Not going to lie, that would make for fun content, but that would not really be fun in, a, in an actual real way, though. I'm down for to cheat for his Super Bowl, says Tommy915. Oh, we have reached, we have reached that... Uh, point in Cowboys Nation's desperation. We're down to cheat. If they, if in the aftermath we remember it like the Houston Astros are right now, so be it. Says Tommy now one five. Just give me my Lombardi Trophy, and I can handle the rest. Honestly, if you were an Astros fan, like if there is any Astros fans here that could confirm this to me. That does seem pretty much like a reasonable trade-off. I think I would also take it. <laughs> like, if I was an Astros fan, I would just care about my World Series and not about the rest of it. So, <laughs> Toxic Tom says, didn't the Astros keep the trophy? Yeah, that feels like a pretty decent trade-off. <laughs> so, I'm going to subscribe to Tommy's comment there. <laughs> Yeah, man, pretty crazy when you think about it from that perspective. Bruce says the Patriots didn't give theirs back. Well, now on that side of things, I will defend the Patriots, though. I don't think they really cheated like people say they did. But anyways, maybe that's a debate for another day. And for tonight, that will be everything on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. It is always a pleasure to talk some Cowboys football with you, even more so when in the middle of June, 
we got some relevant news thrown our way. So the third week of OTAs will start for the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz will not be there. We'll see if that ends up being relevant or not in Dallas. I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Thank you guys for joining the show. Make sure that you hit the like button. Smash the like button. Every like allows us to put this show in front of more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports Dallas community. So please take a second and click it. Thank you guys. Shout out to the podcast audience. I will see you tomorrow night. Have a fun Monday night. Thank you guys.